Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to today's edition of Getting to Know Our Neighbors podcast. My name is Eric Lindborg, and I'm an active member, and I also serve on the First Church Orlando Media and Communications Committee. If you're like me, and one of the things you love the very most about First Church is our beautiful music, then I know you will enjoy today's conversation with Chris Gable, who is our Director of Worship. I've so enjoyed watching our worship music and arts evolve in such a beautiful way under Chris's leadership and direction. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Eric. That was that was quite an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thanks for being with us. Can you tell us a little bit more about you, where you're from, maybe your personal life and, and, and what motivates you in life? Oh gosh! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we got we the boy that jumped right in the deep end. Um, so I am I consider myself seventh generation Floridian. My people came; they got their first property up in North Florida, eighteen twenty two. Wow. Um, and yeah, um, and I'm the first person to be born outside the state of Florida since eighteen twenty two. The only reason I was born in Mississippi was because my dad was in seminary in New Orleans. Oh my goodness. And was pastoring a little tiny church part-time in South Mississippi. And so I got the dubious distinction of being born in Mississippi rather than Florida. So uh, my dad was a, a Southern Baptist pastor um, and he grew up in the church that ordained Billy Graham. Oh, wow. And he grew up listening to preachers like Billy Graham. And so he grew up with this sense of mission. He wanted to, he wanted to plant churches and he wanted to preach and he wanted to do mission work. So when I was seven years old, he got fed up with his church and he sold everything he had and uh, bought a school bus and a circus tent and 150 folding chairs. And we went on the road doing tent revivals all over America. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. It was right into it. (laughs) It was it was it was a heck of a way to grow up. Um, And so by the time I finished middle school, I'd been to all of the 48 contiguous states. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, And so I I cut my teeth literally on. church music like it was literally the first thing I learned in life um so I guess to to find myself in the position I'm in now you know I taking it all in in context I guess it makes sense that I'm where I am now um although I never I I never saw it coming (laughs) (laughs) well well I actually did because I remember when the vacancy was there and I got to know you a little bit and saw how talented you were and anyway at some point when that connection was made I'm like ah the Holy Spirit is moving this is perfect (laughs) so it was you know I've been I've been been thinking a lot lately about the difference between being called and being led Mm. Vance talked a few weeks ago in, 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 in his message about sheep are really stupid and they need to be led, right? They know their shepherd's voice and they will follow, but they need to be led. And I kind of feel like that's kind of how my life has just gone. I, I'm not smart enough to, to go on my own. I need to be called or I need to be led. And um, 
I, I was definitely led to first church. There's no question in my mind about it. And so. Well, and we're, we're all better, better for it. So um, yeah, I usually ask about a person's faith journey, but with yours, that could be a, a whole series <laughs> given, given your background, but um, could you give us a condensed version of, of perhaps your faith journey um, through life and in where, how you got to where you are now in your faith? I can certainly try, Eric. Um, I could write a book. Um, <laughs> as I mentioned, my dad was Southern Baptist. Um, he was, he was a, he was one of these fire breathing pulpit pounding evangelists. Mm-hmm. And he, he, to this day, he still has a very literal interpretation of the Bible. And, um, there were things about that, even at a really young age, that just did not seem right to me. I just, I had all these questions and um, the only answers I ever got were, well, you just have to believe mm. or you have to have faith. Well, I would like a little more than that, right? Yes. So I grew up with all these questions that I just felt like they just never got answered. And the literal interpretation of the Bible was just, it left me with more questions than answers. So I started searching in other places and uh, through this search, I eventually discovered Buddhism and I started studying and practicing Buddhism. I was even a Buddhist monk for a short time. That may shock some people. Um, but it, it, I, th- I think again, I was led to that experience mm. because it completely reshaped how I view God. Um, and it, it shapes it's, it, it's allowed me now to come back and talk confidently about my faith and about my relationship with my creator um, in a way that I never would have before. So it's been an evolution for sure. Wow. What a man, you, 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 you hit on so many things there that have in, are of interest to me. One of the things I love about our church is the fact that it's a, it's an intellectual church and you can ask questions and you can explore right. thought without fear of repercussion. <laughs> I mean, it, it, so it's, it's the, the fact that, you know, you question some of those things, including scripture, like I do every day. And, and some of that friction that, that, you know, I, I work through, I can so appreciate that. And the other thing that I'm really love about our church and, um, it, it came out, um, you know, in the, in the wake of the pulse, um, tragedy. And it was the fact that, you know, we're, we're a safe interfaith space, right? We had, we had, you know, folks from many different religions, you know, in our church and in our pulpit, um, working on healing. So, so, you know, a lot of damage. And, um, I always found, I, I was very proud of the fact that we were the church that did that, you know, opened it to all. So, um, I share some of your sensibilities there. And it's one of the things, one of the many things I love about our church. Yeah, for sure. That was, that was, it was the new class that hooked me. Ah, yes. And and the way they openly ask the questions that I never got answers to. And I don't, you know, I don't know that there are as many answers as there are questions, but um, at least it's a safe space to ask. Mm-hmm. And to explore different ideas and to talk with people who maybe either agree with you or don't agree with you, but it's a safe place. And that's what I adore most about First Church. Oh, we're in that together. It's a, it's a very special place. There it is. Well, when you're not um, worshiping, directing, creating, doing all the things that you do at, at First Church, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, gosh. Um, well, when it's not swelteringly hot outside, 
I'm a distance hiker um, and an avid uh, camper and bushman. Um, I, I love the outdoors. Uh, and this sort of this sort of goes straight to the heart of my faith. I believe that that's where God is. Mm. God is inside me. God is inside you. And he made us outdoors, right? He made human beings to live outside. We've put ourselves in these boxes with these walls and air conditioning. And Amen. Stuff. So for me to be able to go out into the woods and spend a week hiking through the mountains or trudging through the swamps of South Florida and um, just to be able to connect, physically connect with the land and hug a tree. Um, yeah. It, 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 I, feel, I feel like it just connects me to God in a visceral way that nothing else does. Wow. More, more that we have in common. So do I. Um, in fact, it's one of the things that in my faith journey, you know, as I've come to love nature and understand sort of the spiritual energy that I find in nature, um, I've had conversations with Christians that um, <laughs> in some cases have said, maybe I'm a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, I love Jesus. And, uh, I, I love those that Jesus, you know, has created, including all of his creation. And it gives me energy. So I, as my mom would say it as well with my soul. Correct. Um, Correct. Yes. Amen. Well, so what is a, what is a distance hike? How, what, what is that? Is that, yeah. How far <laughs> What are we talking about? Um, well, in a normal day, if I'm, if I'm out for any extended period of time, a normal day for me is around 10 to 15 miles. Okay. Um, and I can do that for the longest I've gone so far is two weeks at about 15 to 20 miles a day. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, with 30, 30 to 40 pounds on my back, um, that's what makes me happy. Can you believe that? <laughs> Whatever <laughs> makes you happy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hanging up my sweaty socks in my tent my one person yeah. little closed tent that makes me happy <laughs> whatever brings you happiness chris it's right. good it's That's all right. good well so you've you've been around first church for a good long while now and including through a, a very challenging time as we've gone through the the pandemic mm -hmm. and the response and um one of the things that we're focused on as a church is we're centered in the heart of downtown is, you know, where we sort of fit into that environment. So since you've been around for a while, where do you see some ways that First Church can connect with the downtown community, whether it be seeking, loving, or serving? Where are those commonalities that you see? You're going to get me in trouble with people, Eric. <laughs> this is, I tend to have big, radical, wild, crazy ideas on this subject, um, and some of them are, are doable and some of them aren't. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it honestly has to do with lacking people to help carry out ideas. A lot mm, of it. You know. mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I would like for us to find more ways to connect in a non-worship setting with the community. And I don't, you know, we've got a great serve team. They do some fantastic work. They go out and clean up canals and they, they, do all sorts of amazing things. Um, but I think that there's more opportunity um, for us. And we regularly, pastors Vance and Emily and, and Cam and Lynn and I um, regularly talk about these ideas. And, and it's, it's honestly kind of the big challenge to our church, really. Um, mm. How do we, just yesterday, we were talking about how many churches there are downtown. Mm -hmm. and what sets us apart? Mm. Um, 
and as you just mentioned, I think it's the the intellectualism. I think it's the inclusivity. I think it's the 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 mission mindset of our church. Yeah. Um, I think we're doing a lot right. Um, I really, really do. I would like to see us do more like community events. I've been playing yeah. with the you know a couple of ideas I've played around with are having like a a fall arts festival. Um, having a jazz brunch we've got a great kitchen and a great yes. space let's do a jazz jazz brunch that's not an original idea to me by the way but um you know things like that where we could open our doors to the community and say come on we're not gonna we're not gonna proselytize you we're not gonna you know preach fire yes. and to you just come be with us yeah i think those are the ways we 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 connect with the community and I'm with you. I'm excited about those ideas. And uh, I know that many of them, if not all of them, will become a reality. Um, one of the ones you you hit on is um, you know, like the Jazz Brunch, as an example. We sit directly across the street from the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center, one of the greatest performing arts centers on the planet. And, right. um, you know, our, our church um, is is well known for for our, our music and arts and culture and um so i there's got to be some ways to connect those communities in a meaningful way and uh just to be candid to, to get people through our doors like you said just to be with us um well that's I exciting think, i think we've started over the past you know covid covid put the thumb on a lot of a lot of things that we wanted to do but over the past couple of years um I think we've started we've started moving in the right direction, like like getting a group to march in the pride parade for yes. That is a great way to represent our church to the community who is probably as jaded as I once was. Um and is probably, you know, has the same idea that, you know, these people are they talk a good game, but you get in there and it's all, you know, rotten at the middle. Um my favorite thing was always, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin kind of thing. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that the more we show our heart to the community, really, that's the key. We can talk about activities, you know, specific yes. functions and activities all the time. But I think the more we show our heart to the community, the that's our greatest um, chance to connect. With people. I, I, I so agree because our heart, um, we are set apart because of our heart and our inclusivity and how we love on this community and how we serve this community. And just a quick story on that, the, the, the pride parade, I, I, Shannon and I were in the booth. We didn't march, but we were in the booth and we had the God loves all people. So do we banner in front of the, the booth. And um, Chris, I can't tell you how many people honestly stopped, looked at it, stared at it, looked at me, stared at it again. And they just didn't believe it. They said, right. it, there's no way. I've never seen a church that would do that. Well, you know, on the, on that exact topic, that that full page ad in the Orlando yes. Sentinel, yes. that's why I'm at First Church now. Hey, hallelujah. Um, <laughs> when when Paul's happened, um, well, I was I was still a, a sailor at that point. I wasn't mm. tall enough to have a church home, um, but I sh I certainly would never have thought of a church being taking out a full page color ad yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and even though that was in 2016 and I didn't show up until much later, it's, it never left me. And so after I retired from ships and I was able to search for a church home, this was the first place I came because I saw that ad. And so it's things like that. The more we do things like that, the, the, the more connected we will become for sure. Now, talk about affirmation. I, and, uh, 
because I was so proud when we did that. It was a small group of members that got together and made that happen. I was just so proud of it. And to, to hear from you now that <laughs> what I consider one of the great blessings of our church, you, that you're here because of that. Yeah. God is good. God is good. God is time. good. Speaking of the spirit moving, we are entering the Pentecost season. And um, one of the things where we continue to ask ourselves is, you know, where are we seeing the Holy Spirit? working and moving. Where are you seeing the Holy Spirit working and moving in our church? So um, this is this is a director's answer, but this is going to be numbers oriented, I think. But yeah. but over the last several months, now mind you, we're we're in summer now, so this is about to change. But over the last several months, we've seen a very steady increase in attendance, particularly at the 930 service. Um, and I don't think that happens accidentally. I see regularly, we see people that we don't know, we've never seen before. And I, I don't think that happens by accident. And so I think that God is moving in the community um, and, and will be using First Church on an increasing basis um, to make a difference in, in Orlando and, and around. I, I don't have any doubt in that. I think the spirit is definitely moving there. Amen. Love to hear that. And uh, being a regular 930 attender, I too have noticed, and I've also noticed their faces. I, in some cases I've never seen before, which is right. the best. And for all of us listening, when you see folks, please go over and introduce yourself to them and welcome them. Uh, Absolutely. Cause I don't have time to do it. I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny to me, Eric, about the 930 service? This is probably going to get me in trouble, too. This is why I don't <laughs> uh, You know what's funny to me about the 930 service is, like, at 11, people go in and they have their seats, and right? And they, they come in. They start coming in 20, 30 minutes before, and they go to their seats, and they know everybody around. And so they spend time kind of talking to each other. At 930, I start playing at 925. I start the call to worship at 930. Everybody comes in at 931. <laughs> It's like it's like the floodgates open and boom, there are people in the room. <laughs> I can tell you they're missing the best part because I love your introductory music that you play. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I find that funny, but you know, it's maybe maybe there's something happening on the outside. Maybe people are talking and hanging out. And, yeah. And I think if that's what's happening, then I think that's great. I would just like to be able to meet some of those people sometime. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm, they're going to be coming back, so you will for good, sure. Good. So one of the many ways that you've blessed First Church, First Church with your talents is by writing, performing, and recording the music that is played at the beginning and the end of each of these podcasts. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the intro and outro music, I believe you titled it uh, Happy Grapes, which is a perfect, perfect title. Uh, it literally sets the tone for our podcast. And it's so darn catchy. I can't get it out of my ear. So <laughs> Can you tell the, us a little bit about how you create music? What no. is that process? Come on. For those of us who aren't musical, it's just mysterious. <laughs> Honestly, uh, Eric, this is why I don't teach piano to people. I don't know what I do. I don't know how I do what I do. Oh. Um, a, a, a little ditty like Happy Grapes, um, that those little things just come to me when I'm like out hiking or working in the garden or yeah. driving through the woods or something. That's why I love going to the forest because that's when these things happen to me. Um, and it's, it's just, it's, it's inspiration. I'm inspired about something. Maybe I see a grape and it looks happy and 
this is a melody that, so I have a, I have a, um, a condition, I guess, <laughs> called synesthesia. Mm. And I don't know if you're familiar with synesthesia, but synesthesia means that I experience more than one sense at the time. So when I hear a note, I see a color. My goodness. When I hear a combination of notes, I smell smells. Wow. Sometimes there's taste involved, but it's always color and smell. Um, there are certain words in the English language I will not say because they smell gross. It, and it sounds completely weird if you don't have it. But, but so for me to see a grape that looks happy, there are certain intervals, certain musical tones I hear that just sound like to me like happy grapes. And so that's where that comes from. <laughs> It, it literally does come to you. Yeah, it's well, you, you kind of answer my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyways, because it, 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 it kind of ties in personally for me. So one of the reasons I love coming in and listening to you play before service at 930 is because my mom, who's passed away many years ago, loved the church. And she would always say, I love a good Southern gospel piano player, just pounding those keys. And I watch your whole body move. And I, and I, in I can tell that there's very little thought involved. It's just all flowing out of you. And it's just uh, an incredible thing to, for me to, to observe and enjoy. But I'm curious, does your style, has your style evolved over time? Or is the player that you are now sort of how you, how you were taught? So I was, as I mentioned, I was raised by a Southern Baptist evangelist. So naturally my teeth were cut on Southern gospel and mm. meeting hymns, right? That's, that's my first love. Um, so playing Southern gospel, you know, and growing up in, in the South, um, I, I loved my dad listened to, you know, a lot of black musicians like Louis Armstrong and Elvis mm. Harold and Mahalia Jackson and, um, I just, I, I'm like a music sponge. I just soak it up. Um, and so that, that, those are my roots. That's where I come from. Um, I, I took that and decided to transition to jazz because it's the next best thing. Yeah. Right? And so I've, I've worked my whole life, honestly, to be the best jazz piano player I can possibly be. That's been my focus for four years. Um, so to find myself now, I get to play the Southern gospel. Mm -hmm. I'll even throw in some jazz. I don't know if you were there one morning, I started playing just a closer walk with thee. And before I knew it, Kit and Pete had come in and they were jamming with me. Oh, I missed it. I hate that I did though. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I try to throw all of that stuff in there because it's, it's what I feel at my core. And, um, and I've taken that now and I've moved into the modern worship realm, um, which is totally new to me. Um, I, but when I was a teenager, you know, I was always playing Brian Adams and REO Speedwagon. Yeah. And a lot of this music's not that different. So it's, it's, it feels comfortable and familiar to me in a way too, that is surprising to me. And so I'm enjoying that quite a bit also. Well, I I've been, I've been participating in contemporary or modern worship for probably 15 or 20 years. And um, I actually really enjoy what I would consider your music is almost a hybrid experience right there's 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 elements of jazz classical traditional hymns and then there's there's contemporary and uh, i think you do a really nice job of sort of weaving all that through um because you know it's one of the things that 
I don't think we want is to be a show, right? We want to be a worship experience where people are having meaningful interactions with the Holy Spirit. And um, I think you help create that uh, in a way that's, that's really unique. So thank you for that. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I, when, I, when I first started getting into the modern worship scene, uh, someone gave me a book called, um, I think it was called The Heart of Worship. And it was written by, I think it was one of the big Hillsong worship leaders from Australia. Um, and the book opened with this chapter about how, um, how it, modern worship has become a show. Yeah. Become so performative. Mm-hmm. And I didn't connect with it at all. I didn't understand. I could really, somebody felt the need to write this book as I've been in it now for a while. I see that I see the temptation of it, mm-hmm. uh, but all I want, and I think anybody who knows me will, will, will support me. And, and this is actually what I think. Um, all I want is to lead people into worship. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, my favorite part of the Bible is revelation chapter four, when it tells us exactly what worship is and when and where and how it happens. Mm-hmm. And so it's my job to do whatever, use all the skills available to me to bring you into that with me. And so that's, that's my goal. I, I don't, I don't see it as a show. I don't see it as performative uh, at all. Um, it's, it's too important to me to think of it that way. Well, it, it absolutely comes through in, in every worship service. So thank you for, for that authenticity. Um, it's, 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 it's unique and it's um, really special. So We'll close with a fun question. So uh, speaking of music, and it's probably really tough for you because you have such varied taste, but if you were to pick one of your top worship songs or hymns, what would it be, Chris? It's like picking your favorite child, Eric. It's like, or yeah. Um, So there's a song uh, that we did this past Sunday. It's called So Will I, and in parentheses, 10 billion X. Yes. And um, I think I put the music back. I don't think I have it here with me now, but, um, oh, no, I do. I just, if, if, you, if we have time, I just want to read some of the lyric for those who maybe haven't heard it. Please. Um, so, and this song makes me cry because it's so, it's so beautifully written and it's, it goes so to the heart mm-hmm. of how I connect to God, to God how I how I experience God. The lyric says, God of creation, there at the start before the beginning of time, with no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. Mm. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've made. Every burning star, a signal fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I. Jumping ahead to verse three, this is my favorite part. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Where you lost your life, so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've done. Every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so will I. I can see your heart eight billion different ways. 
every precious one, a child you died to save. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. And I think that speaks so beautifully to, I think, our mission and vision at First Church. Why do we want to love and serve people? That's why. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to say another word because I you could not have brought us to a to a better close. Um, absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Chris, on behalf of First Church, thank you again for spending time with us. It's been a joy, and uh, more importantly, thank you so much for bringing your rich talents and your hard work to the church every single day. We're better for it because well, of. Well, listen, you. buddy, it's it's literally the high honor of my life to 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 be in my position. I. I I pinch myself regularly. Wow. Um, so, so thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website, at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.